Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is Aaron's. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at Aaron's. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. This is the Minnesota Tim Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. I greatly appreciate it. If you would take a minute to rate and review the podcast wherever you are currently listening to this podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. The reason why I ask is so that other people can discover the Minnesota Tim Podcast. The more reviews, the more rates it gets, the more available, the more present it is in the lives of other people. So if you did that, that would be greatly appreciated. The Minnesota Timberwolves play tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. I might react to that tomorrow or Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I have to share my thoughts on the result of the Mike Conley trade. I still think it's a great trade for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I'm excited to see that come to fruition eventually. Um, but last night, Sunday night was a big time matchup in the sports world. It was the Super Bowl. And I hear a lot about Super Bowl parties. People go to parties, people hang out. The Super Bowl has become a national holiday, even for church. I'm the youth pastor at our church. Even for church, when I give announcements on Sunday morning for the Super Bowl, We play games. We bring up people from the crowd, and we play games before the church service, during the church service, because the Super Bowl is practically a national holiday. The day after the Super Bowl should be a day off for everybody, because I've talked to several people today, and they were like, I was up till midnight last night. I was up till 11, just because the party hadn't died yet. You put a bunch of people in a room with the Minnesota goodbye, and it gets hard to leave. You put a bunch of dips, food, crackers, cheese, snacks, meat. You put all those things in a room, and nobody is going to leave that house until 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. So the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. 
I mean, seriously, how productive are people the day after the Super Bowl anyways? Probably not very. But I say all this to share why I am against going to Super Bowl parties. My wife and I, we watched the Super Bowl at our house. Our daughter played on the floor for the first half, and then we, my wife put her down for a nap or for bedtime um, at halftime. And the reason why I would rather watch the game at home is because I actually enjoy watching the game. I want to see what happens. I want to see the momentum plays. I don't want to miss any major plays in that game because I was talking to Joe Schmo or John Doe in the corner or because Joe Schmo or John Doe wouldn't shut up. I want to hear what Greg Olson has to say. I want to hear what Kevin Burkhardt has to say. I want to hear what the commercials are about because I want to get a laugh in every once in a while. And by the way, speaking of commercials, commercials have gone down massively. The way commercials used to be was or is 25 times better than they are now. I got a chuckle or two last night. The Diet Pepsi Max commercials with Ben Stiller and Steve Martin were pretty good. And there was a couple of other chuckles too. There's like babies like acting as grown adults. That was okay. But man, commercials in the 2000s and 2010s were so much better than commercials today. I was watching on NFL Network on Saturday night. It was called the best commercials of the last decade or whatever. And they ran through each decade, the 2000s, the 2010s. And I laughed more watching that show for 15 minutes than every commercial that I saw on Super Bowl Sunday. The commercials just suck these days. So as hyped as I get to watch the commercials for the Super Bowl, I get excited for them every year. I am almost let down every single year because they suck. But let's move on to the game because there's a lot to get to in the game. There's some major points that I want to cover. And the biggest point that I want to cover is at the end of the game because that's what everyone wants to talk about on Monday. They want to talk about the official changing the landscape of the game and throwing the flag on the Eagles cornerback or safety or whoever he was. Automatic first down, five yards. Chiefs basically hold on to the ball until 11 seconds left, kick a game-winning field goal. End of the game. Ball game over. And here's what I have to say on that call. Okay. So everyone's arguing, was it a penalty? Was it not a penalty? And that's not what I'm here to argue. I am not going to talk about whether I think it was a penalty or whether I think it wasn't because those holding penalties are judgment calls. Based on the officiating crew, it changes week to week. I remember watching Minnesota Vikings games this year and they'll show the replay, and it'll be a ticky-tack one, and it's a five-yard penalty. It's like, how is that a flag? And then the very next week, they'll show cornerback and receiver wrestling for the ball. The cornerback's all over the receiver, and they don't call it. So holding defensively is a judgment call. And here's where I have an issue with that flag being thrown. 
at the beginning of each game, the officials set the president for how it's going to go. Okay. The officials, whether they understand it or not, they should understand it. Subconsciously, they are telling the players how to play during that game. And that's in any sport, high school basketball, college football, the NFL, intramural basketball. It doesn't matter. The way you officiate the first five to ten minutes of that game dictate how the players should play. That's always how it should be. And in the first 57, 58 minutes of that game, the officials did not call one defensive holding penalty. There was a play in the first quarter where it was clear defensive holding on the Eagles' cornerback player. He turned Juju Smith-Schuster, and even Greg Olson mentioned it on the telecast. He said that should have been a holding call, and they didn't call it. So I don't necessarily have a problem with the flag being thrown based on the penalty that the official saw. My problem is, is that they hadn't been calling it the entire game, and you wait until two minutes left are in the game on a crucial third and eight to throw a defensive holding call that could have gone either way, 50-50, really. So I guess in a way, I am arguing against that call. When I was watching it on the telecast, my initial reaction was, that was weak. And Greg Olson had the same thought. It's like, you got to let the players dictate the game. And the Chiefs were going to kick a field goal. They would have been up by three. There would have been about just less than two minutes left. And the Eagles could have game down and kicked a game-tying field goal or even scored a touchdown. I understand that the Eagles got outplayed in the second half by the Chiefs. By the way, I was rooting for the Chiefs in that game. But that play was instrumental to the Kansas City Chiefs' victory. That call, which they hadn't been calling all game, which is why I have a problem with it. If they called that in the first, second, and third quarter, okay, throw that flag 100 times out of 100. But if you are holding on to your flags, not throwing them, you're letting the cornerback and receiver play the entire game, and then you're going to throw the flag, you're making that game about yourself. That official who threw that flag made the game about himself. And why do I say that? I say that because he hadn't thrown one the entire game. There had to be at least one defensive holding call in that game in the first three quarters. But you waited until two minutes left in the Super Bowl to throw it. Mahomes won his second Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts could have had his first. Andy Reid won his second Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni could have had his first. The officials set the precedent for how the players should play. And the players adapted to how the officials set the rules for that game. And then they completely went against their own standard. 
There was one time when I was officiating intramural basketball, and it was a big game. Okay. And you might laugh because it's intramural basketball. And I was a top official in, in intramural basketball. Not that that's saying something, but I'm a good official, and I say that confidently. I understand what I'm doing when I'm officiating a basketball game. I officiated all the championship games when I was in college. And why was that? Because I was the most reliable, dependable, most knowledgeable official there was. If I'm going to be confident about anything, I'm confident about my officiating skills. I've officiated hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of basketball games throughout my life. I know what I'm watching. And it came to the end of the game as a tie game. And my officiating partner came up to me. Adam Parker was his name, is his name. He says, should we just swallow a whistle on this play? And I turned towards him. I can remember this like it was yesterday. And I said, no. If you see a clear and obvious foul, you call a clear and obvious foul. And why did I say that to Parker? I said that because we had been calling clear and obvious fouls the entire game. We let the players dictate the game. That's very important. But if there's a clear and obvious foul, the players told us, the players dictated that there should be a foul called. In that game on Sunday, the Super Bowl, players were pushing and holding the entire game, and the officials didn't call a single defensive holding call. And then you call it with less than two minutes left. You completely went against your standard. That is an officiating nightmare. I felt for the Eagles, even though I was cheering for the Chiefs. Maybe that's a penalty based on the rule, but that's not how they were calling it during the game. The officials set the standard, and they completely backstabbed the Eagles late in that fourth quarter. They handed the Super Bowl trophy to Patrick Mahomes. A couple more thoughts on the Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni, not a big fan of his. I like a cool, calm, composed head coach on the sidelines. Andy Reid, I love me some Andy Reid. Even Kevin O'Connell, he gets fired up, but he's not going to make a mockery of the opponent like Nick Sirianni does. I don't wish for people to be fired. But when Nick Sirianni gets fired eventually, because all head coaches eventually get fired, it will not be surprising to me. Because eventually this stuff is going to bite him in the butt. Eventually his personality on the sidelines is going to get old. Philadelphia Eagles fans aren't going to like it eventually when they start losing games. And he's sticking his nose in people's business. And he's acting like he's a two-year-old on the football field. One more thought on the game. This is going to sound strange because we all wish for the Minnesota Vikings to make it into the Super Bowl and win the big game. But as, as I was watching the game, I was so glad the Minnesota Vikings were not involved in that Super Bowl. I got to relax, eat Laffy Taffy, eat some chocolates, eat some Golden Grams. 
ate some chips and salsa. Uh, we didn't have any chips and salsa. They were just on the table. But we had some nachos. Now that's a Super Bowl party right there. And as I was watching that game, I was thinking, wow, this would be so stressful if I was a Minnesota Vikings fan. I was not born in the 1970s. So I do not remember a single Super Bowl the Minnesota Vikings played in. They lost four. And I was just a little bit stressed watching the Kansas City Chiefs win. But it was a very relaxing game to watch. It was exciting. I was watching every single play. Each play mattered. But I wasn't going to lose sleep over that game, regardless of who won. And if the Minnesota Vikings were tied 35-35 with two minutes left and Patrick Mahomes had the ball, I would be stressed beyond measure. And I'm pretty cool, calm, collected. When the Vikings lost to the Giants in their opening playoff game, it took me about a minute and I was over that game. I was like, okay, there's always next year. I do not get that rambunctious over Minnesota Vikings performances, whether they win or whether they lose. I'm fine regardless. I don't lose my stuff when the Vikings lose. I'm not going on Twitter's cussing the officials out or cussing the head coaches out. I'm not going out on Twitter cussing the players out. I just don't care that much. My life has more meaning than a Minnesota Vikings win or loss in the regular season or playoffs. But then the Super Bowl, 35-35, Mahomes has the ball. We've never won a Super Bowl before. That's a different ball game. I would have been stressed. Even when the Vikings lost to the Eagles 38-7, to I was kind of bummed for about a minute or two, but I got over it pretty fast. They lost 38-7. to It's not a big deal. It would have been sweet if the Vikings played at home at U.S. Bank Stadium in 2018. But again, not that big of a deal. So I thank God that the Vikings did not play in that Super Bowl yesterday. Because that game would have went from relaxing to heavy breathing. I would have been stressed. I would have been stressed. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Minnesota Tim Podcast. Thank you for making the podcast a part of your day. I greatly appreciate it. Everyone take care. Stay safe. Enjoy your week and enjoy Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. Take care. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. 
Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.